Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Gumshoe Giggling Tom. Oh, man. We're going to get reviews on that. We're here to talk about The Aft Party, Season 2, Episode 2, which is called Grace. And Grace, Mm -hmm. who we all know, and no one needed to be reminded or re-record, the fact that Grace is the bride of this so-called murder show. Mm-hmm. Tom, we've talked about episode one. I'm excited to talk about episode two with you because I know that Gumshoe Tom has some stones that he's unturned, some rocks that he's looked under, and some magma that he has examined. Uh, <laughs> those are three things all having to do with looking under rocks, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> you. This no, but- is Detective Danner is in full swing. She's here to experience everyone's mind movie and this episode focuses on you guessed it kids grace's mind movie mm-hmm. and grace's mind movie we'll just talk about the theme now is like a period piece romantic so like a bridgerton or a pride and prejudice that sort of genre right mm-hmm. yeah kind of like early 1800s kind of bit which uh was fun it's fun to see what i liked most about this episode was the mix of this old-timey look and feel mixed with modern technology and sure the fact that he like has an apple watch he's playing with a credit card like all these little bits were very funny to be kind of juxtaposed together it was right. it was a fun episode and the thing i enjoyed the most was zach wood's delivery of like a modern show but he would be the one that would kind of plug the modern tech stuff mm-hmm. and so yeah. those were the times that i laughed the most tom let's pull the curtain back We've got a lot of listeners. We've got a lot of callers on the line. They're all asking mm-hmm. the same question. What is your relationship with period pieces? Did you watch Bridgerton? Are you a big Jane Austen fan? How often have you watched, you know, Pride and Prejudice or anything where the dresses are like shaped like bells and the men wear <laughs> frilly shirts and top hats? and threaten each other to duels. What's your relationship to those types of period pieces? I'll be honest, man, this is not this is not my jam. I don't think I've seen a lot of these. I know my wife has watched Bridgerton. I have not. I want to say the closest I have to watching a movie in this general time period was probably the Christopher Nolan, uh, not The Illusionist, what was the other movie? With the our, Prestige? Our boy Hugh Jackman. The Prestige, right? That's around this time frame, right? Ooh. All right, let's start naming uh, Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> this go. is tradition. Here we go. <laughs> the Dark Knight. No, 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 no. Okay, so I never watched Bridgerton. I don't like to get my dander up. It flushes my face, and it gives me the, the vapors. So I, I did not watch Bridgerton. Um, I, I, you know, I just didn't want to stir anything up in myself. But mm-hmm. I, as someone whose parents always felt whatever was on PBS was okay, uh, spent a lot of time with like the Masterpiece Theater or mm. any of the BBC shows that would be brought over when we were kids would have been played on PBS. And so I have a great affinity to like 1800s London <laughs> and all of the culture involved. So I did enjoy this theme. Um, and to your point, the funniest parts were when they like tried to make it old timey, 
but they would have to mention his Apple Watch or, you know, microdosing or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So um, I have a great affinity towards, in fact, I'll pull back the curtain on myself. I have a subscription to BritBox, which is just all of those BBC shows on a streaming service. Because, man, do I love Miss Marple and Agatha Christie. So... (laughs) Do they pay you for that, or do you have to pay them? No, no, I have to pay them, sadly. Um, (laughs) Actually, I'm not sad about it at all. I love it. I'll watch (laughs) Miss Marple all day long and try and figure out. So in the same way we watch Miss Marple and try and figure out who the murderer is, Tom and I are trying to find out who the murderer of Sweet Sweet Edgar is. And Mm -hmm. we open this episode with, Uh, We find out that Grace ran like an antique shop or she was in some sort of weird pop-up store where she sells vintage things and Mm -hmm. Edgar is there to buy a vintage typewriter for his sister, adopted sister. (laughs) Um, And this is where we get our 1800s meet cute. Mm-hmm. Which again, this is a, a very funny little bit. They start this, I think, sequence like screaming at each other. I think because she saw Roxana on his arm or shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I feel I don't know for sure, but I think this is our big kind of clue for this episode, or at least one of them. When they do pause on the typewriter, where she's kind of opining about how beautiful an old typewriter is, the keys on there are not. It's not a QWERTY keyboard. There's multiple letters of the same letter on there. There's missing letters. I tried my best to figure out some sort of code or word or try to make something out thinking it was one of those elimination clues, like not the whatever, but I could not make two cents of it. So I, I, I tried my best on this one, but I'm going to need the internet's help to, to try to figure out what, what this might have said. Well, do we know when the QWERTY keyboard was invented? Was it on typewriters or is that a, well, a later invention? Well, again, there's... There's missing letters. Like, you see the O three times on the keyboard. There's no T. Like, again, I was looking for the not the on the keyboard and then trying to figure out where this could be. But this is not, this is deliberate. Like, the, the camera stops on this keyboard so you can see it, and it is not a, a proper keyboard. Yeah, that would make sense because we all know that the QWERTY keyboard was developed in the 1870s, which would fall in line with this vintage (laughs) typewriter. So that's just a fact that I have in my head, Tom. I didn't have to look it up or anything. I didn't have to use a QWERTY keyboard to Google a QWERTY keyboard while you were talking and while I was not listening to anything that you said. So... (laughs) There is a moment here that happens in all of these shows where the two main characters that are bound to fall in love touch hands. And in this scene, I loved it. It was the passing of a credit card. And it made me (laughs) think, Tom, is there anything more intimate than two people handing a credit card betwixt themselves? Because I think about it all the time and how I don't get to hand a credit card to anyone anymore because they're just like, oh, no, that keypad in front of you, just put it there. And I'm like, no, 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 take this credit card from my hand. And they're like, sir, your big gulp is 89 cents. Just put the credit card in that slot there. And I miss being able to pass cards between people. Tom, the floor is yours. Is there anything more intimate being shared between two people than a credit card? Man, outside of like a good banana split, I I don't think there is. Yep. The banana split where you both start at each end and then you mm-hmm. meet in the middle and kiss, just yep. like the lady in the tramp scene with that banana split. <sighs> Tom, this is a podcast for kids, so let's not go into it. 
We find out that Roxana, the lizard, on the shoulder, likes Grace, and this leads to uh, Grace being invited to, I guess, his sister's birthday party. Uh, before we go there, you mentioned the screaming. I did think it was funny, Zach Wood's delivery of, he's like, oh, I was screaming because you were screaming. or He's like, I was surprised because you started screaming out of nowhere. I found the delivery of that line very very funny. There's a little uh, overlap here where Silicon Valley's most eligible bachelor, we find out, is Edgar, which is interesting because Tom Edgar is played by Zach Woods, who is in a little show called Silicon County. County. Actually, (laughs) I don't remember what that show was called, Tom, so I was hoping you'd help me out. Instead, you throw out County. What was that show called? It was called Silicon Valley. Thank you. Well, Tom, some of us have been drinking and didn't remember the show name. So you're here as guest host to help me out. Jimmy, Jimmy, can you talk with him? Jimmy, let's take a let's take five. Take five. Someone fix Tom. Oh, and we're fixed. back. And we're back. Tom has been humbled. Tom? <laughs> Oh, man, we're off the rails. We're off the rails, pal. You're off the rails. (laughs) You're off the rails, sir. I've never been more on the rails. I'm like sliding down like a champ. Oh, man. Sorry, Tom. I hate to bring up rails. I know you're in recovery. All right. What? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Lord. We're keeping all this in. We have Grace and Edgar. We Edgar is like an introvert to the max, so this leads to a secret dance on the patio. Tom, mm-hmm. as someone who I only secretly dance, you only publicly dance. <laughs> talk to me about the incredible dance sequence of this episode. This was, I mean, watching, uh, what's his name, Zach Woods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching him attempt to dance um, in all of his tall gangliness was so great, doing, like, the hands across the knees. I liked the back and forth where she's, like, saying new school dance moves, but in, like, old timing, like, right. I want to teach teach you how to Douglas. <laughs> right. Just, right, right, right. All of that was just, just pure gold. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, this was very, very funny. There is a moment where he quotes Abraham Lincoln in this episode, and he very much looks like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, so he played him in the office. When, that's true. So when he is gangly <laughs> dancing, that's what it made me think of, the top hat. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that weird motion where he moves his hands from knees to knees. All, all We can't do that great. anymore. Drinker sneeze, we can't do that Drinker anymore. Drinker sneeze, no, we, no, sir, we cannot. Uh, don't let my doctor know. Anyways... Mm-hmm. This gets interrupted by Sebastian, which Sebastian feels right at home in a period piece. Like, if this actor hasn't been in several British BBC dramas, I would be absolutely blown away. Let's talk about him for a second. Tom, do you recognize that actor, or did you know him from anything else? He seemed very familiar, but I did not not look him up to see what else he's been. Where have you clocked him from? So that actor is, his name is Jack Whitehall. And um, he is actually the lead singer of the White Stripes. So that's something. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that's Jack Whitehall, the lead singer of the White Stripes. Yes, sir. Come at me, internet. Tell me I'm wrong. (sighs) Anyways, (laughs) we have Grace meeting Isabel, Isabel being Edgar's mom. I do appreciate how much Edgar stands up to Isabel. I think that's important in a marriage Mm -hmm. when 
you don't allow your mother to devour your bride. <laughs> um, not speaking from experience, but uh, Grace meets Isabel, and Grace, uh, who is also Gail, meets Gail. Uh, and by that I mean Isabel has screwed up the invitations or whatever and thinks that Grace's name is Gail. And I thought this was absolutely hilarious from a mother-in-law dunking on her soon-to-be daughter-in-law. This was <laughs> Yeah, and I think lovely. even... Even later on, like still knowing now that her name is Grace, she gets like the napkins made of Gail and Edgar. Right. That was kind of funny. Right. But like Isabel's response here, she's like, listen, I'm not confused and certainly not easily. Also, I'm not confused. Like <laughs> yeah. her delivery as she leaves the scene here is, is great. Great, great. Yeah. She does a great like mean mother-in-law, which there are certain actresses I would put in this role. I can't think of them off the bat because I've been drinking, but this actress is doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. We have Hannah being introduced to Grace slash Gail, and obviously Hannah is the sister, but Tom, the caveat adopted. is, thank you, she's adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this leads to the beautiful romance of uh, Edgar and Grace slash Gail, where they have to kiss in the rain and also mm-hmm. be proposed to in the rain. It's just a lovely scene. I appreciate the way they shot it all. Yeah, it was very much like, I think, what Pride and Prejudice, if they have like the scene direct, uh, ripped directly from it where they're kissing Every in the rain Every British romantic show has a scene in the rain, Tom. It's, it's the UK. It's always raining, and they're always out there in their fancy clothes being rained on. So, mm-hmm. impossible. But she does, like, she just kisses him. She never actually says yes, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, normally, like, oh, yeah, if, you know, if you just kind of kiss, then you're you're saying yes. But because of what we know and how Zoe's saying, like, maybe she's not really in love. She's just in love with the idea. I found it interesting that she never actually says the words here. Sure, 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 sure. So do you think it's the bride? Do you think the bride kills Edgar? Grace or Gail? Or her real name's Gail. Tom, she's using a pseudonym. So in her mm. real name's not Grace, it's Gail. Do you think Gail slash Grace is the murderer? I do think there's more to Grace than meets the eye. I think she's got some uh, Autobot in her. I think she's a Transformer? This is a mm-hmm. Michael Bay vehicle? No, not enough explosions. <sighs> not or enough. Or lens flares. Slow circles around an American flag, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> no, but there's a little bit later that I want to touch on. I do think there's there's more to to Grace, and I think she's kind of hiding some stuff here. Tom, she's a married woman. You can't touch on anything. All right. Okay. The families meet, and I find anytime there's like a... They try to make it much like these shows. There's like a kind of a class difference or a social standing difference. Mm -hmm. And this is highlighted in this scene. And I don't feel like you got that in episode one. But in episode two, it's like, obviously, Edgar comes from riches. And then the family of Grace and Zoe, they are relying on their shaved ice money. So (laughs) it's a little bit different. But I did appreciate the meeting of the two families. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit here where when Edgar leaves this scene, he hands Grace his itinerary, and they mm-hmm. do this kind of zoom on it. And I found this to be interesting because, again, text on the screen, you know what I do. I love sure. to pause, and I like it's to read It's calligraphy, though, Tom. It's cursive. It Are was, you able to read cursive in this day and age? It took me longer than I care to admit to, to translate <laughs> this, if you will. <laughs> But I mean, it's just, it's it's four different places. And I was kind of hoping that these would line up to the pins we saw on the map from the first episode, but they don't seem to. 
Um, it says like Marin County. It seems like it's pointing to somewhere like Narado, California, maybe like a, an airport or something. Then somewhere in Brazil. Then I think an Air Force base in Spokane, Washington. And then somewhere in Portugal. So to like, and then they get ends by saying other exotic places, which is kind of funny. Um, so again, don't know what to make of this, but the way they featured it on here, I'm sure there's some cryptic clue that you can get from this, whether you're matching it up to maps or you're taking the capital letters or who knows what. Like, go if you haven't done this, by the way, because again, we'll preface it again. This show loves to be able to put these little Easter eggs for you to help kind of solve the mystery. Go back to season one and figure out what they did for season one and all these little puzzles and, and things that they added to the show. Because I think that kind of puts your mindset into trying to solve some of these clues because they're they're incredibly clever and the little puzzle master that does these is is great. Sure, sure. Little puzzle master is his name. I'm going to point LPM. out right here that Senor Chang, otherwise known in this episode as Fang, he's eating the pulpery, and this is something they put in like the trailer of the show. I don't know. I just I'm not a Ken Jung fan. I'm sure he's a lovely human. I just don't find his style of humor very funny, and so mm-hmm. like they play this bit up and. Uh, I want more from the show in terms of the humor. I just didn't find myself laughing as much. I'm all in on the murder mystery. I'm less in on the humor of it all. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think some of these guys that are supposed to be kind of carrying some of the comedic weight are, are not not what they had in season one. Oh, 100%. For me as well. Yeah. Bring me Ben Schwartz. Bring me Ike, our Mi Familia, uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious guy. Baron Holtz, I think is his last name. Yeah, Baron Holtz. I mean, those guys were just great. And give me some, give me some of the good Franco, not the bad Franco, Tom. And I don't know their names, but give me, give me <laughs> Xavier, James. You know, okay. Well, whichever one isn't canceled, give me that guy because he's funny. <laughs> I did take the other one's acting class, though. Anyways. Grace and Zoe argue about how Edgar treats her. Once again, this is emphasizing. I don't know, is this is this trying to put into light that Zoe is an actual suspect? Is that why they keep bringing up her, like, not wanting Grace to marry Edgar? Well, I mean, the interesting thing is this is Grace's telling of the tale, right? So she's laying it on thick that uh, Zoe does not approve of this. And I think right. all the points that Zoe brings up are very fair in terms of how he's not really putting her... In, in front and not making her a part of her life, whereas she is doing the same with, with him. So I think she probably does know and understand that. Sure. I don't know where it happens. Are we still with the two families meeting? But there is a point where the mother of Grace and Zoe says, hey, I think the flower arrangements that we use for the reception or whatever should be also used for the wedding. And I Mm -hmm. would like to point out that there was a clue in the first episode about how the flowers are psycho... Tom, let me Mm -hmm. finish my own words. How those flowers are psychedelic, my man. (laughs) Um, So I do want to point out that the mom is pushing for these seemingly mind-altering flowers to be at both places so 
Well, and it's ultimately Grace who is the one that suggests that Hannah do the flowers. And this is where, again, I think there is more to Grace. I feel like she has a relationship with Hannah. Like she says, like when Edgar goes away, they spend more time together. She asks her to do the flower arrangement. She's the one that kind of consoles her when she was kind of like having that conversation with her sister. So I I feel like there is a a relationship here that she's trying to hide, but maybe we're going to get clues for it from other uh, mind movies. Huh. I did not pick up on that. I just feel like in these period pieces, the sister of the groom is always like the confidant and they become Mm -hmm. fast bosom buddies. That's a term from an old uh, show. I think I'm allowed to say bosom buddies, but Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not, Jimmy, just bleep it. Anyways, it's just going to say bleep buddies, which is going to be worse, to be perfectly honest. So I thought I was just going to say bosom bleep. <laughs> oh, no. Can't say buddies anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to get canceled for saying buddies. Oh, Tom. Man, you. Uh, good work. Good work, sir. Me and your family, once again, they're still here with me. Very proud. It is a little bit confusing in the show, but we are cutting between Grace's Mind movie, the period piece, and then the present day. And we have, like, Zoe has entered into the interview that Grace is giving. And then Zoe keeps interjecting. And we, I like to call them family meetings because people start yelling at each (laughs) other. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this is then where Danner and... I like a Neek can't choose a side because he's right. such a, I don't know, we'll just say wimp. Um, people pleaser. He, people pleaser. Good good way of putting it. Mine was probably <laughs> not the right way of putting it. But they then send Zoe away, and Zoe's like, I'm going to find the best clues in the world or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. uh, I do think it's a little bit interesting. I guess the other thing I have to keep reminding myself is D- Danner's not a cop in this, so... Mm-hmm. What she does is not necessarily by the book. She's just trying to, I guess, write a second book. So that's why she's yeah. doing these interviews. But they do send Zoe away so that they can talk to Grace alone. We then cut back to the wedding day. And this is where Edgar approaches Grace with one of the most romantic things someone can give to someone else on their wedding day, which is a prenup. A scroll of boundaries. A scroll of boundaries. As he so eloquently puts it. I loved it. Oh, man. And not surprisingly, Grace is like, hey, can I sign this on Monday? Which is a weird mm. thing to say about a pre prenup. And <laughs> Edgar points out, he's like, well, then it would be a postnump, but okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I loved that moment. Mm-hmm. We have the reveal that Isabel has created napkins that are beautifully embroiled with the names of Edgar and Gail. And Gail mm-hmm. is not Grace. So that's what's very fun about that. Travis, former suitor, is introduced in this. And once again, I just don't care for this character, Tom. I don't. Tom, mm-hmm. can I whisper something to you? Please, I please. Don't, I don't care for Travis. He's carrying around this like folder and he's dressed like a PI and I find him obnoxious. I don't want any more of him in the television <laughs> show. Tom. Okay, thank you. I appreciate your feedback and um, I have uh, noted it. 
Thank you for noting it. This is the scene where Zoe's searching for clues or crews. I don't know. Maybe she's <laughs> looking on some sort of large ship that is serving mm-hmm. drinks. And Travis shows up and he's like, oh, the murderer always returns to the scene of the crime. And she's like, well, you returned, so maybe you're the murderer. And then they get into a fist fight and Zoe kills Travis and I cheered. <laughs> Too much? Not exactly. Too much? No, no, no. They're doing their own little detective work. They're going for physical evidence, the best evidence, not the just stupid best storytelling. type of evidence. They're shining that black light over everything, and they're like, oh, man, I hope that's blood or urine <laughs> or I'm not, not going to say other. it because then I'll have to bleep it. But we find out that Edgar was really into biohacking. Tom, as someone who is really into biohacking and wants to live much like Edgar into uh, the year 140, <laughs> Talk to me about biohacking, Tom. This is your TED yeah, I Talk, sir. I don't, yeah, I guess he's trying to put his consciousness into something. I don't really know, and Grace really knew what he was trying to do, but they, they, we get this little back and forth of him being a very regimented sleeper, which, again, his sleep schedule and the fact that he's got to go to bed at like 9.50 or 9.30, whatever it is, every night. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what is going on. This guy's an odd, odd duck. Or, no, this guy's an odd lizard. He's an odd lizard, he's an odd duck. Uh, ducks eat lizard, and therefore he is eating himself. So we have the Isabel giving Grace a family hairpin and demanding that she wear it and also demanding that she sign the prenup. So where does Isabel fall on? Is it too obvious that Isabel would be the murderer? Well, actually, that wouldn't make sense because she'd be murdering her own son. Unless yeah, but I don't know. Is there a, is a will situation? Maybe she wants the money. Like, I don't know. I think you can't can't rule her out. Oh, okay. Okay. So Tom, Tom thinks it's Isabel. That's what I'm hearing from the sound think of your is. voice. I'm just saying. You can't rule her Might out. You can't be. rule anybody can't out. Rule it out. Okay. What if Isabel Until we hear somebody snore, you can't hear anybody. Snorer. What if her nickname is Snorlax? Huh? <laughs> it's a Pokemon. Be a Pokemon. That's a Pokemon <laughs> reference, Tom. Thank you. I, gotcha. I was gonna do a Digimon reference, but mm. that would have just been a cheap, cheap replica. Yeah, so everybody does Digimon. That's true. That's true. We find out that the blue pills that Grace slipped into Edgar's drink were Adderall. Tom, as an addict, mm-hmm. talk to me about Adderall. Ugh, Adderall, the blue lightning. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, taken an Adderall, but we get. Uh, this is a running gag, by the way. I'm not a recovering addict, but uh, no, Tom, it's, our original it's funnier if you don't clarify. Don't just let him wonder. Just <laughs> okay. wonder. Just let him wonder if we're both hopped up on <laughs> booze and pills. They'll figure it out soon enough. Uh, we yeah. are. We are. <laughs> But I think the thing to take away from this scene is the fact that Isabel takes one. She doesn't actually, you know, take it and ingest it, but she takes one with her. So now we know she is in possession of one of these pills. Oh, interesting. Now, Tom, you pointed out that there are other blue pills out in the world that you mm-hmm. commonly use. What are those other blue pills that might be mistaken as Adderall? I don't use them, but I have no problem people that do use it. Uh, the little blue pill known as Viagra. So maybe these are just Viagra. We oh, don't know yet. I thought you were going to say ibuprofen. I've been taking these ibuprofen blue pills for a long time, and they don't take the pain away, but uh, they, <laughs> they, do move something, the pain. they do something else to me, which <laughs> we're a podcast for children, so I won't go into. <laughs> 
The sisters, Grace and Zoe, have a discussion. Essentially, Zoe lays out that, hey, I don't have anything against Edgar, but if he does not make you happy, you should not marry him, which mm-hmm. I feel is decent advice for a sibling to give another sibling, although I would argue the day or night of the wedding is not the time to give that advice. I think mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> it's a little too late to... Even though they're like, hey, if anyone objects to this, please stand. Like, I know some weddings do. Do they still do that during weddings? Where they're like, hey, if you object to this, you can stand. I know it's a Taylor Swift song, um, but that's where (laughs) I get most of my wedding stuff. Um, Yeah. You feel like that would have come up in the rom-com episode. That would have been a perfect time for Anique to say something or somebody to say something. Right, right. So, or forever hold your peace, which... Sometimes people don't last forever. Sometimes people are like a year in and they're like, hey, seems like you're in a pretty crappy marriage. Maybe a dissolution is. But as the good book says, once you're married, (laughs) you do it until you die. (laughs) Boom. It's probably in, I don't know, Leviticus, maybe Revelations, or one of those books that they didn't canonize. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. (laughs) Essentially, Zoe is just trying to look out for her sister Grace. Mm -hmm. They then cut to the vows in the box. And this is a sweet moment for a show that is often uh, a little bit saccharine, which is fake sugar. They have Grace say to Edgar, listen, like, just speak to me from your heart. Don't read the words. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's like, you're the only puzzle I want to solve. And I love you. And they have a, you know, I don't know. This is supposed to show that maybe there is some love or some legitimate feelings between the two of them, right? Yeah, I think the idea and what Zoe tells her earlier is, like, she believes and wants wants to believe in, like, the idea of love and maybe what she gets from movies. And, uh, I mean, I don't really know. But she sees a little bit in, in him that she feels like she can love. I think she even makes a comment, like, this is as best as I can maybe get from him. But it was it was a sweet moment. It was a very sweet moment, as all moments inside the vow box are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the vow box should be limited to weddings. I think you should have a wow, a wow box. Yeah, let's call it the wow box. <laughs> I think you should have a wow box you for everyday conversations. Like if you go to a party and like you don't want to talk to all the strangers at your kid's <laughs> birthday party, you just want to talk to the friend that's there that you know, you should be able to put the wow box between you two. And so they're like, hey, they're like pulling on your sleeve. They're like, hey, are you the host? Because we're out of nacho sauce. And you'd be like, hey, dude, I'm inside the wow box trying to talk to my friend Tom. I don't have time for you. There's more queso bueno in the fridge. Pour it yourself, you <laughs> dummy. That's where Anyways. you just you kick the kid. Well, like, like this, the dog, the kids right. at your at your feet nipping sure. around. You kick the kid, and we just continue our conversation. Listen, we're recording our uh, podcast right now in the vow box. In the vow box, the wow box, as we like to call it. Excuse um, me. In this situation, the person that was pulling on my sleeve, Tom, was not a child because a child would be able to get inside the wow box and look up. Uh, mm. So that's why my wow box has a bottom. Uh, so yeah, um, it's only for people with the right size heads. Anyways, okay. we have digressed to the point of weirdness. Let's go into 
the moment where Sebastian puts the first dance into Grace's head where he's like, oh, I hope you enjoy the first dance. And we know that Edgar doesn't like to dance in front of people like Sebastian's poking the bear here, right? Yeah, I think he's he's purposely trying to make Edgar feel uncomfortable. And, and we'll get to it in a bit, but like Ed, Edgar eventually does like abruptly leave. So I don't I don't know, like was Sebastian doing something nefarious and needed him to be on the dance floor and not be there for him to do whatever he was doing. Listen, if one thing these shows have taught me is if you're like pointing to a villain, he's not the villain. So mm-hmm. I know I've joked about Sebastian being the hero. I still believe he's the hero, but I think they are pointing to him in such a way like to make him a villain that it's too obvious. That's my, that's mm-hmm. my theory about Sebastian. Do you agree or yeah, disagree, it was like, Tom? Yes or no? Yeah, it's like Slamps from the first season. Like, he was just too weird and too socially awkward. You assumed he was potentially the murderer, but no, he was just, uh, just a guy. Tom, who's Slamps? What, 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 Jimmy bleep this, what are you talking about? Who is Slamps? What? This is great because this isn't even a bit. You don't remember his name, but the whole running joke in season one was nobody could remember his name. Oh, you're talking that about That one socially Demetrius. awkward character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just I in the background. Yeah. So good. Oh, you didn't man. even remember the character. Ugh, slamps. So slamps? <laughs> not, name's not Slamps. All right. There is a moment here where there's some dancing and some revelry going on, and they play uh, like it's a strings quartet playing. And I just want to point out, I think they're doing a cover of a pop song. I did not do mm-hmm. the research. I don't know what they're doing. But there is a group called, it's like the Vitamin String Quartet, and they do covers of like rock songs or pop songs like i know they do a version of thrice songs and it's Mm -hmm. a string quartet and i find that arrangement really dope as the kids say tom so i enjoy the the strings quartet playing um there's like a game of thrones i think they intro song to that a string quartet does that and it's Mm -hmm. super awesome me my wife actually went to a string quartet do covers of taylor swift songs at the uh, phoenix zoo which was a lot of fun wow that's a lot to unpack you went to (laughs) a string quartet at the zoo that was doing taylor swift were the animals around and awake or were the animals asleep was the zoo lights tom the biggest crock of poop that anyone's ever participated in. This was a nighttime affair. The zoo has a like uh, amphitheater that's not actually inside the zoo. It's just kind of to the side of it. Did they play I Knew You Were Trouble, Tom? That's the big question of the night. Oof, I can't remember what the set list was, but I, I, enjoy, I remember enjoying all the jams. Mm, wonderful. Speaking of enjoying the jams, Edgar abruptly leaves uh, the dance and the Funkle, who... One, once again, just my favorite character in the show, steps in to dance with the bride, which, not uncommon. I think traditionally, if the groom dies during the wedding, the uncle <laughs> has to step in and then marry the bride. That's just tradition, Tom. Do and you, I, I want to ask you here, do you have any thoughts about where Edgar goes? He kind of makes a line, like, I feel like he even says Roxana. I wonder if this is like an alert on his thing about Roxana going past maybe a geofence gate or something like that and he gets alerts or maybe this is when roxana died i i don't know no i guess I it can't paying, be right because we see I him later paying enough attention i assumed roxana was on his shoulder he, you're saying he says something about roxana and that that uh makes him depart the dance floor i i think so yeah 
Mm, okay. Because he, he gets a little alert, like a just a red light on his watch. That's all we really see. But I think he says Roxana as he's leaving. I'm Could sorry, Tom. Roxana turns on the red light. Really? Know, right? It's just right there. Why you right, wouldn't just call it Roxana? Right for parody, my friend. Right. I'm pretty sure like lizards love red light lamps. Like, don't you have those in their uh, terrariums? No. I consider reptiles, <laughs> unless they're dinosaurs, to be the enemies of humans. So. Okay, fair. If Dino Riders and Jurassic Park taught me anything, dinosaurs are our only reptilian friends. Everyone else is out there trying to kill us. Yeah, we just watched that Adam Driver join that 65. Dinosaurs are the worst. Yes, yes, they are the worst, and I heard that movie is the worst. So, It's not great, Julie. It's not great. <laughs> not great. Um, we have the scene with Zoe and Travis examining the dead body, and they have to flip the body. <laughs> All of this is played for comedy. I hear you laughing on that side of the microphone. <laughs> I did not. I don't know, Tom. I just. I can't. Edgar Stare. Right. And that, okay. I agree. Okay. It was. It was a bit silly and enforced, but man, Edgar Stare at Travis when he flips him over. I thought was so so funny. I laughed out loud. Yeah. I mean, to be Zachary Wood and have. I mean, Zachary Wood is what we call him formally. Uh, to have <laughs> him have to keep his eyes open and stare at them <laughs> until she closes his eyes. I thought. You know, that was. He's doing great work. I just, Zoe and Travis are not two characters that I wish to spend a lot of time with. That's Mm -hmm. all I have to say. They start going through the contents of his pockets, and this has got to be important, right? Yeah, they make mention that he had like an Adderall prescription on him, which seems kind of odd. He doesn't seem like he, based on the first two mind movies, he doesn't and wouldn't have an Adderall prescription. Um, but he has like, Zoe thinks it's a cufflink, but then checks and he's wearing cufflinks. So my thought was maybe like, this is a key maybe to his, his crypto safe or oh, interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know what else it, it, it could be at this point. Sure. Tom, talk to us about cufflinks. How many do you own? How often do you wear them? What are your favorite ones? I have one pair of cufflinks. I think I got from a good friend for either my wedding or I was in his wedding and he gave them as a like groomsman's gift. And I think I've worn them once and they are of the Chelsea football team. Oh, wow. Yeah. I asked that question thinking that you would have no cufflinks and no links to cufflinks, but you did. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you have a shirt that doesn't have buttons on the sleeves. So good for you for having mm-hmm. a buttonless shirt that needs cufflinks um i will answer the same question with no 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 no, no. i didn't ask you okay fair enough (laughs) they un they're trying to unlock the phone by pointing it at uh, edgar's face which is great i think you can still unlock a phone even if the eyes are not open correct me if i'm wrong tom but i think i'm not an apple guy still works you would know better than i oh that's right like it's an apple thing apple does doesn't give Apple phones to villains. So anyone that mm. touches Edgar's phone, probably not a villain. Yeah, except for your for Yasper. Spoiler alert, season one. Oof, Yasper. Yasper, my joy. I still write him in prison. I, I still send him <laughs> letters. I um, do want him to appear. I, it would make no sense, but I do want him to appear in the season. Oh, I would love for Danner to go visit him and to like, <laughs> hey, the mind of a murderer trying, I just give me Ben Schwartz. All right, 
It's time for the grand finale, get in your cars and leave. This is the exact <laughs> same speech I gave at my wedding. I give it all my kids' birthday parties. I loved every moment of this. My wife likes to tell a story that at my kids' birthday party, people were like, oh, like, I don't know. They'd been here for so long at our house. And I was like, I turned to someone. I was like, I can't believe you all are still here. And she's upset at me for saying that to a guest at our house. But I really see a lot of Edgar in me, and I wish he was still alive because I would certainly drink whiskey with him because he's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. at a certain point, people should know when to get in their cars and leave. I loved everything that Edgar shouted at people uh, at the end of his, I don't know, weird drugged up moment here. I'd do it sober. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> well, and I think you're in a bit. Like once they have like the quote unquote after party, that's where he gets to the... Demons screaming at everybody. Everyone's but, demons. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But again, the idea is that he gets drugged or his whiskey is drugged here with this Adderall. But I mean, I, I'm assuming you don't buy that, right? Because if he was really drugged with Adderall, he'd be up and awake and doing whatever. But he goes right back to the room, falls asleep. So I'm wondering if that Adderall got switched out. Maybe she, Grace, thought she was putting in Adderall, but it's something else. I don't I don't know what to make of this quite yet. But I, I ha we have to assume it wasn't Adderall. I don't know enough about Adderall. If I reach into the recesses of my brain, my understanding is that, like, for someone who has ADHD, Adderall helps them, like, focus and calm them down. But if you don't have ADHD, Adderall, like, hypes you up and makes you uh, more awake. So, well, there's, there's a scene earlier on. There's a scene earlier on where uh, Grace and Edgar Not are talking about this. Yeah, we're not doctors, we'll say that. But they are talking about this, and she did give him this once where he has had Adderall, so it's not like she had, like, a reaction. And, oh, that's And Edgar right. makes a joke about him, like, staying up super late doing something <laughs> It's like, I was up until 5 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. So we know he's not immune to Adderall. We know that Adderall mm -hmm. makes mm -hmm. him stay awake. We then have the moment where Travis, my favorite character in the whole show, dressed like a <laughs> weird P.I., shouts at Edgar and he's like I know what you did I know what you're about and then he's like you're gonna die tonight and uh, once again it's not gonna be Travis because the murderer is never the person that shouts you're gonna die tonight so but this happens in season one where this is Grace's mind movie right so she's trying to change the narrative and I don't think Travis oh. actually said this this is Grace like saying that Travis said this to then push that that Travis narrative. Unreliable take it narrator. Off I got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. No, that was all a very clear dialogue between you and I that won't need any editing. So wonderful. <laughs> Did I already talk about Edgar calling everyone demons? Because that was just great. And I think he mm -hmm. uh, quotes Abraham Lincoln, which we talked about. He looks like Abraham Lincoln in a top hat. Uh, that so. was in the first episode. It's a wonderful... Happy editing. We have the sad scene of them on their wedding night in bed, and Edgar, instead of telling his new bride-to-be that he loves her, he tells Roxana that he loves her. So it would be believable if they cut to a scene where Grace is strangling Roxana to death. Um, <laughs> and it would be also quite funny if she's really straining to strangle a small lizard. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the next morning where Grace wakes up 
sees that Edgar is dead, kind of screams and runs out of the room. And the person right there at the door is Travis, which is interesting because I think a knee given clocks it like, shouldn't Travis have been at the hotel because he wasn't staying at the house. So why he was there that morning is is suspect. And I think that's what ultimately kind of triggers them wanting to talk to Travis. And then as they kind of cut back to the present day, they're talking to Travis. He's got his goofy folder with, I guess, a bunch of Edgar pictures and what seem like private eye style photos of him. Um, so he's been doing his own little research on on Edgar and he will be our next episode three mind movie. Sure. Which I'm really looking forward to because Travis is my favorite character. Yeah, Danner is like going to talk to him and he drops his folder and it looks like press clippings and different things of Edgar. So, Tom, we have ended episode two and we've gathered more information. And you, sir, the gumshoe, the Sherlock Holmes of this generation, the millennial Sherlock, they call you. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have or has your position changed from episode one to episode two as to who you think the killer is? I'm going to go ahead and stick with Hannah. I felt like the second episode gave me some potential clues of Hannah and Grace maybe having a relationship and, and a little bit more to to them. So she's suspect enough. I'm going to I'm going to stick with Hannah. So you think this comes down to sibling side? Which is the term for when siblings murder each other. Adopted sibling side. Adopted. Good reminder, Tom. Mm Mm-hmm. I like your guess. It's ultimately wrong. I am also going to stick with my original guess, no surprise, which is Edgar died of natural causes. He was 85 (laughs) years old, and he passed away in his sleep. Uh, He lived a long, full life. He'd been married four times. And he was just excited to meet his last great great grandchild before he passed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like his father. Just like there's his actually, father. if you go to that website uh, we had mentioned in the first pod, like the wedding website for the show, it shows you can go to like um, like register not registry but like um, who's in the wedding. So it cuts to like the pictures. It shows like the mom. And then if you scroll down, it shows the dad. It's got like an actual picture of the dad, and it says like. Um, Dad Minnow will not be here because he's deceased. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Oh, God bless you for doing the research and going on the internet to figure out what's going on with the show. But I do, I do want to say before we kind of close it out, I feel, I felt like I got the clue from the first episode with the, the elimination clue. I don't mm-hmm. think I picked it up on this one. I, I'm nowhere near closer to the whole flower theory that we kind of touched in the in the second uh, or in the first pod. So again, if you've kind of found some of those or if you've done some kind of sleuthing and know what the flowers kind of mean from these first two episodes or if you found the elimination clue in this one, uh, please reach out to us and you can get us at uh, teambingepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on socials at teambinge or Tom... I want to say this. Having watched episode one and two of this season, I am not going to begin to pretend that this is my favorite show that's ever been produced. But in talking about it with you, uh, I have enjoyed the show more. (laughs) Uh, Hearing your theories and hearing your discussion. So I appreciate the deep dives that you're doing and the light that you're shedding. Uh, I hope that your deductive reasoning leads us to the killer in the end, because uh, I'd much rather see innocent people executed than murderers <laughs> go f- go free. I think I've always been a staunch supporter 
uh, of those types of things. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you for the work that you've done. And uh, as Tom says, reach out to us if you've got theories. But we'll be back for episode three, which is Travis's episode. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken from the credits, it's going to be like a gritty detective mm-hmm. noir type show, which uh, I'll be interested to see what they do. Uh, if I have to spend, you know, 45 minutes with Travis, I may end it myself. It's shorter. But it's shorter. I think it's only 33 minutes. That's what we love about 30-minute show. In and out. <laughs> Anyways, yes. I've been Julian. And I've been Tom. Till next time, everybody.